as Women's History Month comes to a close, we have another amazing leader, professional, entrepreneur, and coach who now owns her own business, The Unscripted Life, where she coaches others in understanding, better understanding themselves and accomplishing their goals, but really walking in the fullness that God has for them. Tanya Lyon. She was also instrumental in starting the outreach initiative that Elevation Church does around the world every year called Love Week. She helped to start the church in 2006 from a, as a volunteer, and she joined staff and later left staff at Elevation Church to start her own business. But her heart of service has continued in and out of her roles and, and in her business. And today she teaches us and tells us about what it's like to lead a business from her perspective as an Enneagram too, but also how to just keep uh, the fullness that God has for us in the center of everything that we do and also keeping a heart of service at the center of everything we do. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy Tanya Lyon. Welcome to the More Than Numbers podcast. We're so excited to have you. Lamar, it's good to see you. Keanu, good to be here with y'all. So we're going to jump right into this. Where did the unscripted life coach title come from? Thanks for asking. That's a fun question that I like to talk about. I spent 20 years in television news, very much tied to scripts. Now, you know what I'm talking about, even if you don't exactly know what I'm talking about. You know how sometimes you'll like spend way too much time fashioning a text message because you want it to sound just exactly right. Oh, that's or, me all day. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Or in fact, you'd rather send a text message to someone than call them on the phone because you don't really want to get into a conversation with them because you're sort of afraid you won't say the right thing, right? Okay, so... <laughs> I learned through television news that I'm kind of a control freak, right? That I really like things to be a certain way. And when they're not, I get scared and I get anxious and I get panicky. Well, here's the truth of it, right? God created us and he has a plan for our lives, but I don't know what that plan is. And that kind of freaks me out, but God knows so unscripted life came from this idea that, yes, I really like to have a script, please. Can you tell me how to do all the things? But God says, just trust me. <laughs> and so I believe that I went through a season where I didn't trust myself very well, where life had kind of beat me up on one side and down the other. And I just stopped trusting myself. And I also stopped trusting God. So I've been on this beautiful journey. I believe that we're all on a beautiful journey living an unscripted life. And I'm just so glad that God knows what to do when I don't know what to do. So that's where it comes from. My, oh my goodness. experience. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We can just stop the podcast right there. And like, that'll be anyone, <laughs> anyone who needs to hear or know right now. Like that's like, that's it. Oh my so gosh. So I'm not the only one who really, you really obsesses over text messages oh my, and doesn't no, really want to get on the phone. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. I am totally guilty of like, send the text message because I don't like, I, hopefully I can get it all and they don't have to say anything else to me after this long text message. So yeah, I am yeah. right there. I am right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, that that's so amazing. And at the end of the day, you're you're right. The plan, um, we want to know it so bad. We want to know the right. ins and outs. Right. But um, gosh, well, that's really what I love about coaching, Lamar, and that's what's been good, so good for me to learn how to be a life coach because you have to just trust that whatever conversation is happening, that it's the right one, and that you become a person who can just ask powerful questions 
without getting in the way of it, just allowing the person sitting on the other side of you to explore their own experience, to learn more about themselves. And it's been so much fun, but also scary at times because I have been an advice-giving freak. I have been a know-it-all. I have wanted to have all the answers. And I don't have all the answers. God has all the answers. But together, right, you know this, when you're in a room with other people and you're working together, you can find answers. God brings them as you're having these beautiful conversations, just like your podcast, right? You always learn something, but you don't necessarily know what it's going to be, do you? And that's part of the fun of life anyway. Like this is, I feel like this is for me. Um, so <laughs> this is great. I'm getting tons out of this already. Um, and, and the whole fact of just wanting to control or being the advice giver, mm -hmm. uh, Oh, I'm, I'm so guilty. And I hurt my heart all the time when people don't take my advice. <laughs> yeah. So what, here's my, here's my trick. When someone asks me a question, I pause because it's so easy to jump right in and answer the question. And I lately have been just giving myself a pause. Is this question really for me to answer? Or is this a question for this person to answer? Because here's the thing. Um, I learned so much from children we're always asking questions, but never really waiting for the answer. Have you noticed this before? They ask a question, but they're not really waiting for the answer. But I'm guilty of this too. I ask God a question and I don't really wait around for the answer a lot. I ask my husband a question, but I've already figured out what I want to do. Maybe if we just pause if someone asks a question, instead of jumping in with advice, we might be able to help them uncover their own answers instead of the ones that I think are right for them, right? Because I'm not God. He's got answers for them. And maybe we just explore them together instead of trying to solve all the problems in one minute, right? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. I think especially I feel that, Lamar, I, knew, I know you felt that on the type one perfectionist level, but I definitely did as well as a type eight because unsolicited advice or unsolicited mm -hmm. guidance was something that, as you mentioned, Lamar, like I hurt myself when people don't take my advice. I've learned to start asking answering questions with questions mm -hmm. to ask really, what are you looking for? Because, yeah. you know, nine times out of 10, a person knows what they, what they want. They're looking for affirmation or sometimes they don't even need an answer. Like you were saying, Tanya, let's just sit in it together. And yeah. in that it, there's so much power in one building the relationship, but also brainstorming and figuring that out together, just knowing, Hey, we're in it, we're in it together. It might be your yes. problem, but now I'm here with you. So it does go a long way for our own mental health to just be in the moment with somebody instead of feeling like yes. we have to answer the question. Absolutely. And I love that about Jesus. If you look in the scriptures, you'll see, right, that he asks great questions. And sometimes they're the kinds of questions that um, I think I should know the answer to, but maybe I don't. Like, for instance, when he asks the question, what do you need? He asks a blind man, what do you need? Well, of course he wants to see, but he asks the question, what do you need? Um, and he's just really like, like, where are you? That's a great question, right? God asks that of Adam and Eve after the first sin. Where are you? Sometimes I am not where my feet are. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but sometimes I am not where my feet are. I am still thinking about the thing that happened 10 minutes ago, or I'm obsessing about what might happen in the future. And God invites us to be where our feet are with him so that we can 
be our best selves so that we can solve the problem that is today, right? There's enough problems for today. I don't have to solve all of them in the past or in the present or in the future. So the questions in the garden of Eden, where, where are you? Right. Yes. God knew where you were at. He wanted you to know it. Another one that really sticks out to me from, from that area of scripture is who told you you were naked, Come on. right? When they say, Hey, you know, I, I, I knew that I was unclothed. Who told you that? Who right. told you that? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were less than I want to know. Yes. And then, you know, speaking from God's perspective, I want to know because I know how I created you. I know what I put inside of you. Who told you these things that are demeaning right. or diminishing of your character and who right. you are? Tanya, you started preaching and now you have Lamar and I fired up. This is, this is, this is great. That's perfect. I'm a two. You mentioned already about your Enneagram numbers and I'm a two. And so the thing that I love, I love you telling me I'm doing a good job, right? Like I, I really want people to love me and I, that can get me in so much trouble in so many ways, right? People pleasing is not attractive. It's just not attractive, but I didn't know I was doing it. But the Enneagram helped me so much to see um, how that was holding me back in some ways and how I would give love to get love, not trusting that God's love really is enough for me. God's love really is enough for me. And I'm so grateful that Enneagram's been a huge tool in my life and also in understanding the people I love. Keanu, you mentioned that you're an eight. I have a son who is an eight and oh my gosh, I feel like are eights like the hardest people to raise? I don't Please know what your mother would it. say. Keanu, let him have it. Let man, him have it, Tanya. Eights are amazing, but you know, the truth of an eight, right? Is that if you um, don't feel protected, you will settle for control. You will settle for control and you will boss people around and be mean to people if you don't feel protected. And as a two, I'll go eight in unhealth. So the same thing, I do the same. I do the same thing, right? You, uh, it, well, absolutely. My mom, I think she would say that I was definitely difficult. Uh, I used to think, and she would tell the story that my name was no Keanu, no. So when people asked me what my name was, I would say, no, Keanu, no, because that's all that I would hear because I was always rambunctious and getting into things. And thankfully, my older brother and sister were much more difficult than I was. So my personality flaws uh, were made up for in that I wasn't quite as bad as them as far as behavior and things like that went. Um, but you mentioned earlier that, you know, as a two you would really want to control people's opinion or their perspective or how much they loved you. And I'm noticing now that you're, you're not trying to do that now. You're just being who you are. And it's amazing that the admiration and the love and the appreciation comes when you're not trying. So when you lean into the, the faith and trusting that, hey, this I am enough and this is okay. Have you noticed that in your life that when you actually try to create something or take control of it, you end up creating the exact opposite or the thing you fear most. Yeah, boy, you're really talking to my heart now. You know, it's, it, it would be easy for me to hide in that, right? Like, I don't want you to know the really hard stuff that, um, that I've been going through. But the truth is that I've recognized, especially in my marriage and in my closest relationships, that my desire to control all the things has actually caused some real damage to my relationships. Now I come by it naturally because I come from a long line and decades and decades of addiction and divorce. I come by that stuff naturally, right? But learning some new habits and new patterns. And again, learning to not 
try to answer all the questions or fix all the things has been a, a really important part of my journey of late, a really important part of my journey of late. But I'd rather not talk about that because it's, it's painful and difficult, um, but I think it's important. Um, I have a funny story. Um, uh, one of my favorite authors, Henry Nowen, talks about wanting to go away. He was a teacher at Yale and um, he was a highly sought after speaker. Um, and he was planning to spend some time with monks in silence and solitude, which by the way, as a two, I know that silence and solitude are such an important part of rhythms uh, for me to be healthy and to rest in God's love instead of trying to fix all the things and get people to like me. Um, but he, uh, he went uh, for solitude and silence. And right after he got there, a whole group of students said, will you put on a retreat for us? We put on a retreat for us. And of course, Henry was like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to answer that question. So he goes to the abbot and the abbot says, well, of course, you're going to put on a retreat for these students. And Henry's like, but I came here to spend time one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. I came here so that I could refill myself. How am I going to be able to prepare for all that? And I just don't have the time. And the abbot looks at him and says, prepare you, you don't need to prepare. You've been walking with Jesus for decades. You write about him all the time. We don't need to prepare as much as we just need to be with people and just let them into our sometimes messy, sometimes broken lives. Okay, all the time, broken, messy lives. If we're going to be honest, our lives are broken and messy. We just need to let people into them so that we can they can see how we walk with Jesus through those problems, how we don't try to do it all by ourselves. Well, at least not all the time, right? Sometimes I still try to do it by myself, but anyway. Did I answer uh, your question? I just started talking about yes. Henry Nowen. No, it's okay because as we're bringing on coaches, uh, glory to God, but we're now onboarding nine different coaches uh, to use the Enneagram to help people accomplish their goals within true strategy. And one of the things that surfaced is, I don't know how I'm going to retain all this information, or I don't know if I have enough to coach. And one thing that I found on my end is when I was really stressed out going into a coaching session, I was stressed because I was thinking about what I had to offer or what yeah. I had to bring to the table. It Absolutely. was all about me. And again, as an eight, wanting to be powerful and wanting to be strong for those I was working with. And of course, as a professional, wanting to add value. I was putting so much pressure on what I had to bring instead of allowing the person I was coaching to bring the material and then letting God and the Holy Spirit speak through me Amen. with what I've already prepared and what I already know to add value. So I tell our coaches exactly what you just said that, Hey, you don't have to know all of it. One, God has already prepared you. And even when you are not prepared, that is the time that God is looking for to step in and say, Hey, I want to work through you. Let me work through you. So please any rabbit holes that you want to go down, they are welcome <laughs> because this is just amazing, amazing value for the listener. And thank you so much for sharing. And even on the moments you were saying that, Hey, you have some things in your past that were hurtful even in not sharing the details, being willing to embrace and, and share just that it exists, that goes such a long way for people to understand that, hey, it's okay that I have this past and that these things have happened, uh, that I can embrace them now and be open with them to ultimately grow and, and move forward from them. So thank you for even sharing yeah. that much. 
Well, I'm, I've learned that that's how you break shame, right? You break the pattern of shame by actually being vulnerable. Now, I'm not going to tell everybody everything, but I'm going to tell a few trusted people, this is what I'm going through. Will you hold me accountable to my learning? Will you help me keep growing in this area? So yeah, thanks. Thanks for that encouragement. Yeah. And I think this this next question I'm going to ask is, I mean, it's probably not even hard to, to guess what the answer is, but I feel like in asking it, I can't wait to hear how you respond to it. But how do you explain where you get your strength and encouragement from? Oh. Yeah, well, I hope you are right, Lamar, that people don't have to spend too much time with me to know that Jesus is where my strength comes from, that um, I love the Lord and I love the Bible and I I'm grateful to have been a part of Elevation Church um, since 2006 when it first started just a few months in. Um, and I didn't grow up with that knowing. Um, I think when I was growing up, we went to church, you know, like at Christmas and Easter, and I didn't see a Bible in my house. And so when I think about that and when I start talking about that, it makes me cry because I know that um, that that were chosen right like god chose us um you've been chosen by god from the beginning of time to come to know him and love him no matter what obstacles have been placed in your life he's searching for you he's searching for you with open arms and his desire is that you would come to him and Give him the only gift that you really have, right? Is that broken, messed up life that we were talking about? Give him the broken parts of your story. Give him the parts of you that you don't want anybody to know about. Lay them at his feet and, um, and invite him into your heart so that he can take over your life. You were talking earlier about how um, you were talking about the difference between the true self and the false self. And um, I often have to... Uh, close my eyes. If we were on Zoom together, you would see that I often have to close my eyes because I don't, I don't want to need your approval. I don't want to need uh, this knowing that you're smiling at me. I like it when I open my eyes. It makes me really happy. But I know that there are things that God has placed inside of me that he is asking me to share. And one of those things is my um, deep love for him, I would, I feel like I wouldn't be standing. I feel like I wouldn't be able to um, speak or survive without his love. And, and uh, in the practical sense, he gives us our breath. He gives us our heart beating. He chooses the time of our coming and going. And so whether you know you need him or not, you need him. <laughs> and his invitation is there. Yes. for you. So. I, I want to speak directly to the listener for a moment. There's someone that might've stumbled across our podcast and, and saw the title more than numbers Enneagram for business. And they're thinking, how can I apply the Enneagram to business? And now they're listening and they're like, Whoa, this is very Christian and, and very Jesus-y and whatever. And they may not have a faith. And I want to talk to you listener. If that's you don't, don't, don't get off of the podcast. I want you to lean into this understanding because I do know this. Uh, we're not here telling you that this is what you must do. We're telling you that this is what you're able to do. 
And yes, we would say, yes, this is what you must do, but this is what you're able to do. There's a God that loves you. There's a Jesus that loves you, uh, that you can really walk in that fullness with him because everything else in your business, your finances, whatever you may gain, it is not going to satisfy you. And I hope that one day, if that is you and you're listening to this, and even if you close out of the podcast right now, that you know that eventually there will be a moment where it's just not enough and you're going to have that empty feeling inside. And it's going to feel like nothing can satisfy that you can maybe remember this message here and that God would do something in that. Because we know as believers that our ultimate resource is him, even in business. Um, I had the conviction and the passion and the uh, really the confidence to start my business because it had dawned on me finally that I wasn't walking in my plans. I was walking in the plans that God had made for me and that I just had to be faithful in it and God would show up. So again, that's how I operate in every day. God, you have something before me. You've given me my daily bread. I just need to show up at the table and do what you've told me to do. And that is what sustains me. And that's what sustains the business as well. So I wanted to speak to someone because I almost guarantee there's someone listening right now that's like, oh, I was about to exit out. Now I think I might stick around. That's so great. That's so great. I appreciate that so much. I think you're right. You know, and, and all of us go through seasons in our lives where we think we're doing fine, even without the knowledge that God is giving us breath. <laughs> and I've been through those seasons too, where I just think I'm doing fine all by myself. But now I'm really grateful to know how much he loves me and how much he's sustaining me and how much I can uh, tap into his love and power for me. There's so much more that he wants to do in and through you. Mm. Well, I want to make sure that we uh, get the opportunity to address this because we are observing uh, Women's History Month. Um, and we've got a very special woman on our podcast today, so this is awesome. But who who are some women in in your life, or that you've you, maybe you've met them or haven't that you just simply admire and that have impacted you? Yeah, thanks for asking that question. I um, have several women in my life that I know, and some that I don't know that I definitely look up to and admire. Holly Furtick is one um, who leads uh, the women's ministry at Elevation Church. Of course, she supports our pastor, Pastor Stephen. She's an incredible woman of God, and I admire her so much. She's taught me so much about what it means to be a godly wife. Um, Latasha Morrison with Be The Bridge. Um, I'm going through a Be The Bridge group right now, and she's amazing. I've been really inspired and admired her for the work that she's doing in social justice. Um, when I look back farther at historical characters, I've always been fascinated by Nelson Mandela, who shares my birthday, by the way, um, and uh, Rosa Parks. I always love talking to my kids about Miss um, Parks and the work that she did. Brian Stevenson, the writer of Just Mercy, and um, he started um, the Equal Justice Initiative. Really admire his work also. Um, I have lots of other people to, I wanna just take a minute to remind myself that it's the everyday woman. Um, it's the everyday woman that God sees. If you feel like you're not seen, right? Cause I have these moments where I feel like I'm not seen. Um, I, I have a dear friend, her name is Samantha. Her birthday's actually today and she's a poet. Um, she and I have written poetry together. She's a mom and she's lost a son. What I'm recognizing as I grow older in life is the people I love and admire the most are the people who've been through hard things 
and they make the most out of them. They've been through hard things and they make the most out of them. I could go on and on about other people, but Samantha is one of those people. Um, my mom is one of those people, you know, I love my mom and I'm so grateful for her. She was not married when I was born. She was not in a committed relationship when I was conceived. And it's been very difficult for her to share that story, but I admire her and I'm so grateful for her because she could have made so many other choices, but she chose to, to raise me and to um, give me life, right? She could have made a different choice even there. You know, so I'm very grateful for um, very strong and amazing women in my life. Uh, I, and I just know that you're on somebody's list out there. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way that that you can come on and 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 touch mine and Keanu's heart in this way in just this short time that we've had. And I can only imagine uh, the pouring into that you've done. And so. Uh, I know that there's probably several, at least there's one on our staff that you would be on her list. <laughs> so Jessica's awesome. <laughs> so that's uh, that's so great. And uh, thank you for sharing. Um, I want to dive back into, uh, you know, on the topic of inspiration, motivation and, and passion. Um, specifically to you, though, what problem do you think God has called you uh, to help solve in the world today? Yeah. Um, I think we are all called to um, have great empathy for people and to dive into the area of social injustice. Um, I think that Jesus is a God is a God of justice. Um, he loves all people. <laughs> um, and each and every one of us is called to this area. I know I was called to this area from before I even knew what social justice was, right? Um, when I was in high school, um, I asked my dad if I could date an African-American boy at my school. And my dad used some profanities that I will not share here about how, you know, the, the, uh, 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 no, basically, I'm trying to think of what can I say? Um, uh, my dead body, right over my dead body is pretty much what he said. And I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I never have understood this idea that some people are better than others. I've just, that, that's not in me. That's not who I've ever been. Um, I found out um, not too long ago that I'm half uh, Cambodian and half um, European. And um, so I recognize now, I only found this out like, you know, a few months ago as I took the 23andMe test, I wasn't sure about my origins. Um, and I, um, I just know that each of us is called to make our world a place where everyone feels safe, where everyone feels loved where everyone feels like they have an equal opportunity at success. Um, and some of the ways I'm doing that are like I mentioned um, through the Be the Bridge group, but um, I believe that each of us is a bridge in every conversation we have, in every business dealing that we have, in our families, each of us has an opportunity to be a bridge um, and to build bridges to bring equal opportunity to all, to bring equal, um, to just bring equality to our world. I know that that's what God wants. And so that's what I want to. How do you solve that problem in your business? Two-part question. How do you solve that problem in the business that you do? And of course, what, what do you do? 
you begin by making sure you have people in your life that don't think like you. You make sure you have people in your life that have a different perspective, that have a different experience than you. That's how you start. If everybody looks like you, talks like you, has the same life experience as you, that's just a great opportunity where God wants to invite you to invite somebody else over to your house, get to know someone else who has a different life story from you. And it will be divine. It will be amazing. Um, I think that's where you start. I mean, really just have lunch with someone who has a different story than yours. It's really not that hard. Um, I think that would cure a lot of hate in the world, honestly, because when you sit across from someone and you hear their story, you can't, you can't hold hate in your heart for anyone. You, you, you can't. It's not possible. If we just sat down and listened to each other's stories, the world would be a kind of place. Like in my mind, like as you were saying that I had already had people in my mind, I'm like, dang, who can I invite to lunch? Like, it's just the action that just gets inspired. And I was already imagining the conversation and like the preconceived notions and the barriers that I probably had because I don't understand their story. Yeah. Uh, man, that's that's without an agenda. It's just like, hey, you're different than I am. I want to know how how you be, how you got to where you are today. That's yeah. so so good so good being naturally curious not like in a weird way <laughs> but but really just curious about people and their stories and how what they've lived through i mean i think you'll you'll if you're having trouble with humanity if you're frustrated because of the elections or you're frustrated because of what just get to know someone who has a different perspective you don't have to agree on everything but you'll gain some respect you're getting some respect for someone if you just get to know them a little bit. Mm. Um, do people ever come to you uh, looking to find their passion? And if they do, like, what do you say or ask them? Like, how, how does that conversation typically go? Yeah, one of the things I like to ask people is, what did you love to do when you were a kid? What did you love to do when you were a kid? I teach um, PE right now and watching kids play basketball and soccer and just play. What did you play with when you were a kid? My kids love to play with Legos, right? They love to build things. I think, I think as we're on this journey of life, we can get off track because we start to think we need to be or do something that somebody else tells us to be, or we are chasing after success and we think, okay, I want to be successful and this is what looks like, and you follow that path. But when you back up, and spend some time with your childhood self. What did I like to do? I used to love to dance and sing. And so I love writing poetry now and I still dance and I just get silly and I love to sing. What did you love to do when you were a kid? That's one of the first questions I like to ask. And yes, people come to me all the time because we all want to be our best selves. We, want, we don't want to miss out on what God has for us. We don't want to miss out on what life has to offer us. And so, yeah, I love coaching people because I do get invited into those places where people are just searching to uncover their true selves. Isn't that what you do too? 
Yes, in a in a in a in a way, uh, we love <laughs> developing people um, to understanding themselves. We are definitely a lot more results oriented, so we lean into a bit more of the practical side of things with actually accomplishing things in their business. But it all starts right there in understanding themselves. Our belief at True Strategies accelerate relationships, accelerate results, and that starts with accelerating the relationship you have with yourself. We are our own worst enemy. We are our own greatest critic. Uh, we lie to ourselves more than anyone else. And so starting to accelerate the relationship with yourself, that's where it all begins. So I want to use your question. What did so you enjoy doing as a child? And how did that lead into the business that you run now and the things that you do now? Sure. Um, I am a naturally curious person and I love asking questions. I also realized that um, as a child in an alcoholic home that I often felt like I um, wasn't heard. Um, I talked all the time and felt like no one was ever listening to me, to be honest with you. So um, my heart breaks for people who feel like they're unheard. And what better job than to get to sit across from someone and just listen to their story and not rush, but just let them talk about whatever it is they need to talk about. And what's delightful about that is there's always some gift there. There's always some gift there. Um, and uh, so I love listening to people. Um, I think that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. How I really did, do love listening more than talking, though you can't tell that today. I, I would agree. And Lamar would say I was lying. I do love listening and learning from people. I'm constantly learning from people, even if it's just the smallest conversation. I'm so curious. So being naturally curious, I, I definitely get that. How did your business start? How did you get it off the ground? I'm almost willing to bet that it started before you actually had a business. That was my story. I had some friends that said, I own businesses. I want you to come in and lead and develop my people, send me an invoice. And I, my response was, I don't know how to send an invoice. I'll do it for free. So yeah. how did your business start? Yeah, my business started with a sense of uh, my life is overwhelming and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I really felt like I had taken on too much that I was absorbing too much responsibility. I was um, outreach pastor at Elevation Church and I loved that job, but my husband is also on staff at Elevation and I've got two teenage boys and I just felt like I am just doing too much. And as a two, you know that twos, one of the things that we can tend to do is we can try to fix everybody else's lives and not care for our own life. So I wasn't caring well for my own life. And so I um, took coaching classes um, and I, under, I started to understand myself better. Um, and uh, as you, you know this, when you're doing work, um, you attract people who are like, oh, I want my life to look more like that. Oh, I want my life to, oh, you figured that out. Oh, I want help figuring that out too. So that's how my business got started. Like I had a problem <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how to solve it in my own life. And now I'm blessed to get to support other people doing the same thing. Some of my favorite work is uh, working with nonprofits um, to coach their leaders, right? They are pouring out all day long to uh, their clients. And so I get to come in and support the work that they're doing. One of our recent guests, Cassandra D'Alessio, she wrote a book called This Won't Be Pretty. She's also a type two. 
And she wrote the book because as an entrepreneur, she was starting a digital marketing agency and she felt like there was this um, idea of who she had to become to be successful. And she wanted to really help people and support people in understanding that, hey, you don't have to be super aggressive. Uh, you don't have to be Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, uh, all of these other people, even, you know, some, some awesome women, Barbara Corcoran, like the super aggressive types of people. You don't have to be that. So she wrote the book and uh, her reasoning for writing the book was if it didn't exist, she had to do it. And so we had a good discussion about how in business as well, if it doesn't exist, then I guess it's on you to do it. So I'm hearing that from you as well. Hey, I had this need. I had this feeling yeah. and I figured someone else might, and I can, I can support that as well. How did you, uh, was that how you gained your first client? Someone said, I, I, I want to just spend time with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in coaching for me, I had to start reaching out to clients, right? I, they didn't just come falling into my lap. I was reaching out to clients um, for sure. Um, and uh, I continue to reach out to people saying things like, you know what, I'd love to coach you. Will you pay me? That's like my line. I'd love to coach you. Will you pay me? Because um, as a pastor, I used to do that kind of work and people didn't have to pay me. I just like delightfully spent time with them and I loved every minute of it. But now I do have bills to pay and children to put through college. So um, I do ask the question. Practical, practical business mm -hmm. advice. <laughs> it's not always comfortable to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I want to work with you. Yeah. So how do you overcome that internally to reach out anyway? Yeah. Well, I think, um, let's see, rejection builds resilience, right? Rejection builds resilience. So I have to trust that, you know, even if I get a no, that's still, a step on the path towards the next yes. If I don't ask the question, then I don't have that stepping stone. If I don't do the work of actually asking, then I'll, then I'll never know. I have to ask, you know, you have to, how do I get over it? Um, I think I trust that it is a gift too, right? I, I try to remind myself sometimes this phrase, everything belongs everything belongs. And if it's fear that is holding me back, well, I can't just, you know, if, here it is, here it is, here's the fear. It's a part of who I am most days. So here we go, fear, let's go, let's call some people, let's ask some questions, come on, let's go. And you learn to befriend it, right? Instead of trying to cut it off like an arm, hoping it won't be there when you wake up tomorrow still going to be there but let's make friends with it right here we go wow. fear let's go let's go let's call some people yes let's go fear i i <laughs> i love that i like to take notes as we're going through because when i'm doing the editing i like to go back in and be able to reference different clips and i just realized yeah. that i've been clipping this whole thing so i don't think i'm going to be able to clip it i'm just going to have to heavily encourage people to listen to the whole thing uh, because that thing there uh you know let's go fear let's do that i think one thing that I like to do is realize that uh, yeah, if I'm afraid, then I'm putting myself before them. And what I would hate to do is get to the end of my life and, and see someone that I missed out on because That's I was great. putting my fears ahead of their needs. And when you believe in the product, when you believe in the product, you'll sell anything. Uh, some of our coaches now, they say, oh, I'm not really great at sales. And it's funny because one of them is actually great at sales. He's one of my great friends. He sells me on things every day. 
you talk about what you're excited about and that is sales, right? You invite yeah. people into that. Hey, check out that restaurant, check out that new drink or whatever it may be, right? Go to, go with me to watch this movie. You're a constant yeah. salesperson for what you believe in. That's great. So when you find belief in the product or as a coach, you find belief in what you've been gifted with to share, then it's really, it makes it easy. It's still, you're still afraid. It's still hard. I'm yep. still fearful when I make calls, yep. but it's knowing that, Hey, it's not about me. It's about the opportunity that we get to embrace together. So For let's sure. go, let's go fear. <laughs> I think one more thing about that too. And it leads me back to my faith again, honestly, Keanu, if I am too afraid to make the call, then I'm also not believing in who God says I am. Um, it's not that it's about me. Like you said, I, I want to be able to support that client, but listen, I, if I don't make the call, if I don't do the work that God has placed in front of me, then I, I'm despising the gift that he says that I am. Um, and I have struggled with that. I have struggled with that. And I'm writing a book too. It's called Favorite. It's not done yet, but it's all about this idea of walking into who God says you are instead of the lies that we've believed in the past. And um, I had this incredible experience with Jesus that I'll have to tell you about another time. But I do want to tell you one other thing for my Enneagram two friends. I asked my son, 17 year old Cooper one time, and I'm so grateful for this gift he gave me. I learned so much from my kids and I was upset. I was frustrated. I was overwhelmed. I had done all the things, right? I had worked, I had made dinner, I had cleaned up after people and I was so upset. And I said, what would you miss about me if I wasn't here? And he looked at me like I was crazy, right? He looked at me like, what are you talking about, mom? I'd miss you. I'd miss you. Enneagram two friends, breathe that in, okay? <laughs> if you weren't here, you'd be missed. And maybe it's not Enneagram two friends, maybe it's all of us. We just need to be reminded that you're valuable. You're God's favorite. I know we could debate that all day long, but the truth is he says you're his favorite. Live I, I cannot wait uh, to read that book. And when you release it, please give us a call, send us an email. We'll have you back on to discuss it again. You are God's favorite. Uh, that is a problem for all of us. I think at different levels that we are so attached to our, our identity being in what we do instead of just who we are. And uh, mm -hmm. now I want to go call my mom, <laughs> just tell her I love her while I have the opportunity, <laughs> uh, you know, just to say like, you know, I, I miss you. So I am so excited. My work is that. done. You're going to call your mom. It's a perfect show. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. This has been awesome. <laughs> um, well, that about does it. And we're so, so grateful that you took the time to, to, to spend this with us. And um, I just can't wait to, to just uh, release this. I'm like, man, can we drop this tomorrow? Because people need this right now. And uh, you're such a blessing. You're such a, so spirit filled, filled man, I, I can't get enough of it. I don't want to let you go, but we have to let you go. And we're so thankful. You're such a blessing to everyone that you impact and especially our listeners. Thank you so much, Tanya. Well, I, I know that we want to continue to engage with you. So I know people listening will want to continue to engage with you. So where can they find you if they want to engage in your coaching or if they want to engage further with you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, Tanya B. Lyon, Tanya B. Lyon. And my website is tanyablyon.com, T-O-N-I-A-B as in boy, L-Y-O-N.com. <laughs>
<laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for uh, being here with us again. I could not say how much I've enjoyed this enough. Thank you for joining us for another episode of More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. And if you are ready to engage with us, if you are ready to let us support you in accelerating relationships and accelerating results on your team or in your business, then you can email us directly, put it in the subject line, I am ready at info at truestrategy.info. Or if you want to find out more about the Enneagram, find your Enneagram type or have your team take the Enneagram assessment, you can visit our website, www.truestrategy.info. Click the tab, take the assessment. You'll get plenty of information on the assessment before you purchase it. And that will link you to either buy the assessment for yourself or for your team. This has been More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. See you next time. Yeah.